0: It's time. We
1: are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational.
2: And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like for- me
1: or you or you don't like me, James?
3: Are you okay? You're all right.
1: <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it.
4: Uh longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have,
1: I think it's four to one youth.
0: and being followed by uh, a, a cameraman that uh, just followed the one swastika. He, he wasn't interested in the joy and love that other citizens are, are showing us. We of two different colors. We hugged each other just a few minutes ago, and uh, we don't see any races. Uh, we, we don't know what a race is. All we know is love, the language of love.
4: I've not seen a single act of violence. Um, I haven't seen any racism. Uh, it's it's been absolutely the most classy and peaceful protest I have ever seen. Oh, and
1: I've been involved in all of the overpass events along the 416, and I've been uh, boots on the ground here since Friday, since they started rolling in. I have not seen I have not seen one negative flag here. No no Nazi flags or anything like that. And, you know, we've also, the the truckers and supporters here have made an effort to say that we will call out any violence or hatred that we're seeing and we'll report it to the police. So we're all on the same page here. We don't want to see any violence. They didn't drive all this way uh, to promote any violence or or hate. They've come here to make a very peaceful statement that uh, we would like to stop mandates and we're supporting free choice. So they don't want to do anything to jeopardize that.
3: There there has been a couple of uh, statues that were defaced with uh, uh, some swastikas, and the uh, people that were doing this have nothing to do with the uh, convoy or the freedom of the people. They're here to cause trouble. We just had a truck, uh, a citizen of Ottawa, come up to our truck in tears, thanking us, and He has never seen this town, this city, as clean as it is now because we, the people, are picking up after people that have no respect for the city. All right,
1: so that is a montage of people involved in the Freedom Convoy in Canada. And you know that they came from the west coast of Canada, from the east coast, and they landed in Ottawa, which is the capital, which is kind of, two-thirds of the way across Canada. Uh, and so they, the, the premier, of course, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, is calling them separatists, which in Can- Canadian language means, you know, insurrectionists. Uh, they are racist. They are homophobic. They are all of these things. It's amazing. That's why the truckers are speaking up the way they are. We have pictures of them actually out on the streets cleaning. That's what one of them was referring to just now, cleaning the streets of Ottawa. Uh, so, yeah, really dangerous people, the the heart and soul of Canada being attacked by their prime minister. Um, and I want to—this is the cutest thing. I saw uh, someone sent me this picture. It's a little girl. She reminds me of my granddaughter, actually. She's probably about four years old, and she's dressed like winter because it's very cold up there. She's got her little boots and, you know, fluffy pants and a puffy coat— and a little you know hat um you know this the, the uh, stocking cap with a little uh, puff on the top of it, and she's smiling and holding this sign that says the trucks are coming to save us and save us is underlined and she's got this little smile on her face. it's really cute um so but th- this is the thing they they have actually uh, achieved a, a lot of success in the last few days in an unexpected way at least unexpected to me um now uh, I need to well, let me just say it this way. We complain often that the Republican leadership, because the Republicans are the only, uh, represent the only group of conservatives in the country, the Democrats have purged any conservatives that they had in their ranks, and they've turned into all-out communist radicals. They have. That's what they're doing. Uh, Maybe not every single member is that, but every single member is cooperating with that agenda. So, the, um, so for us, the Republican leadership is a constant—they're uh, feckless. We talk about this. They're not willing to do anything difficult. They, uh, they cooperate with their Democratic brothers and brag about how they've worked across the aisle, and we're sick of it. So the same thing's happening in Canada. So just to be real clear, there's a gentleman named Aaron O'Toole, and he has been the voice of the, so, of the conservatives uh, in the uh, center part of Canada, middle Canada. And so he was removed. I, this is uh, this is dated February second. So yesterday, February the second, uh, he was removed with a vote of seventy three to forty five because they are sick of him doing nothing. The report is that he, you know, he's, he does more to help uh, the Liberal Party and also the Prime Minister than he does to promote conservative causes. So they've taken him out, and that's uh, that's that's a good thing. So the the freedom convoy has taken their first scalp, and of course, I'm speaking metaphorically, you know, metaphor. I don't really mean they took him out, like killed him. I don't really mean that they scalped him. You have to say those things now because, you know, nobody has a sense of humor or understands uh, hyperbole or metaphor. So, all right. So, um, meanwhile, in the United States of America, there was a bit of a shakeup last night. CNN, um, their president who's been there, I think with him for nine years, Jeff Zucker, uh, has resigned. Now, the interesting thing is that you would think that he's resigned because of why, well, I'll just, let me do this backwards. He resigned because he did not report an affair with a close associate in the office. Well, that, I have to tell you right up front, that seems bizarre to me. Because in the world in which we live, you know, nobody cares if you have an affair. They don't care if you have an affair with a boy or a girl, or uh, they don't care if you, they don't really care. But he's resigned because he concealed that. So (laughs) nothing about the content of CNN and all the lies they've told people over the past, heaven knows how many years, since they really started. Uh, But that's too far back for most people to remember. And I don't want to go there right now. But let me just say in recent history, whether it's Russian collusion, Russia, 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 which was all a lie. And CNN was the main cheerleader for that. Now we have the COVID Uh, The little COVID lies that we've been told little uh, that have destroyed really the world. And CNN has been a major part of that. And Jeff Zucker drove that narrative. And so I just want to remind you why we should be glad that Jeff Zucker is gone. This is a reminder of CNN's coverage of uh, the pandemic. Clip five.
3: A lot of people, Chris, are frightened about this. It's far too early to let down our guards right now. Far too early for states to be reopening.
0: It seems premature and even dangerous to reopen the country. Dr. Anthony Fauci is on the cover of the new issue of Time Magazine. There it is as one of uh, the uh, uh, 100 most influential people of 2020, Uh, well-deserved from my perspective. He does amazing work. A couple
4: of viewers have emailed in saying they're worried about you, you look tired. I'm sure you're exhausted. We appreciate you taking the time. Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott of Texas have caused more unneeded deaths in those two states than any immigrant ever has done.
0: Shame on Governor Noam, who has a terrible COVID problem in her state.
4: Yeah,
1: and it goes on, you know, you, you, if you've seen it, you know exactly. In fact, let me just give you one more example before I opine. This is clip six, Chris Cuomo. Fools.
3: I know they want to be out there. Fools. Things will get worse. I don't care how you reopen. What are we rushing back to? Think about what you are so anxious to get back to in terms of normal, and what you're going to lose that we've gained in this pandemic. Okay? Think about it. Be careful what you've wished for. The time with family, the time together, pictures of what we see in Venice of clearer water and clearer skies that they're showing us all over the world. I know we can't do nothing forever. But we can think about how to be together better.
1: Okay. Okay. He's talking about the lockdowns. They must continue. They must continue. We can't let up because we need to learn how to be together better. I mean, do I? You've heard I mentioned this when it first came out, but I will remind you that Johns Hopkins just came out with a massive study about the what the lockdowns have done to our country and how few lives. I forgot the percentage. It's just minuscule. Uh, there was no saving of lives by shutting down and uh, ruining the economy. And the collateral damage now, I mean, we've been hearing this for months, but now Johns Hopkins has done this study. So they have the, you know, they have the gravitas and thank God they did and thank God they do. And so now we know that's an abject lie. And so for the last two years, CNN has been the cheerleader for the COVID lockdowns, for the vaccines. Fox was initially first also. I have to say they they did their own damage. But CNN out-championed them, no doubt about it. Fox kindly... Finally, came around some of their hosts, and now some of their news actually uh, is actually reflecting that. So uh, things are changing, and I personally am very glad. And I want to play this for you. This is stunning. Sky News in Australia used to be affiliated with Fox. Um, they also had an outlet in Britain, and. Um, Anyway, that's another, that's another story for another day, but they parted ways at some point. I think Sky has remained pretty conservative and I thought Fox kind of moved to the left. And so this is Sky News reporting in Australia. Now remember, Australia is shut down like nobody's business. People being sent to internment camps, there's no sign of any let up. And this is what Sky News announced to their audience. Clip three, let's listen.
2: The US funded highly dangerous coronavirus research that was once banned at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That research involved creating new deadly viruses that never existed before. Intelligence agencies are investigating whether such a virus may have leaked and resulted in a global pandemic. The person who knows more about this research than anyone is the top medical advisor to the president Anthony Fauci. But when the outbreak of the pandemic exploded and the White House was sitting there wondering how it all started, Fauci did not once mention gain of function research or the other research activities at the Wuhan laboratory. It was left to others to slowly uncover. Gain of function research involves experiments that can increase transmissibility or the virulence. Of pathogens of viruses and that's what was going on in the Wuhan labs it turns out that even when this worrying research was banned in the US back in 2014 US money was still continuing to flow through to China to fund the same research and Fauci is the man responsible for this he was the head of the NIH when the ban on this risky research was lifted in the NIH was also funding research being undertaken by Chinese military scientists. American taxpayer dollars were funding research to genetically manipulate coronaviruses with the People's Liberation Army. This particular project also involved the Wuhan Institute of Virology and two American institutions.
1: All right, so that's Sky News Australia. Can you imagine how the people now that are so shut down there and have suffered worse, much worse than we've suffered? are responding to that kind of news and what kind of courage it took for Sky News to do that reporting. That's pretty amazing. So on the heels of that, let me just tell you, there are members of Congress who are fighting like crazy. There aren't enough of them, but there are some, and I want to tell you what some are doing. The House Oversight Committee, the Republicans, have given the Health and Human Services until February 16th to turn over documents on funding for the Wuhan lab and the Fauci emails, Uh, That's led by um, ranking member James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, and other committee Republicans are invoking federal law to have the National Institutes of Health and the Department of Health and Human Services turn over the documents, which they had previously requested in July and have been ignored. And so they are demanding this by, again, February the 16th. Uh, They're digging in their heels. Also want to remind you that now Chip Roy has managed to get 49 Republicans Uh, to pledge to shut down the government over the federal vaccine mandates. I want to say more about that at a later date. We touched on it with Chip earlier in the week, uh, but they have uh, four senators, but they need 10. And so um, we need to contact our senators and our congressmen and tell them to support this no money for federal vaccine mandates. None. Zero. Zip. Ned. Nada. They are paying states and organizations to continue these shutdowns and continue these mandates, and it needs to stop. And so, um, and then coming on the heels of that, I have an incredible article. I may spend the rest of the show on this, I don't know, but please stay tuned. It just came to my attention last night. I'm going to share it with you, Sandy Rios, in the morning on AFR Talk.
0: If you like, trips where you have to plan everything, then uh, maybe our tour is not for you. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman with American Family Association and American Family Radio. Of course, I'm talking about our spiritual heritage tours of Washington, D.C., Mount Vernon, and then a separate trip to Williamsburg, Virginia. But we take these spiritual heritage tours twice a year, once in June and once in September. And guess what? We take care of everything. All you have to do is As they say, show up. Uh, Stephen McDowell of the Providence Foundation, who is a historian, will be joining us for both tours. And uh, he will comment and tell you everything you need to know about the places, the times, the events that we will experience on these tours of Washington, D.C. and Williamsburg. For all the information, just go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com for everything.
1: This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders.
2: Today we pray for Miguel Estian, Acting National Director for the Minority Business Development Agency. His office promotes the growth of minority-owned businesses through public and private sector programs, policy and research. 1 John 3.17 reminds us of the importance of helping others but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Right now, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to guide Miguel Estian at the Department of Commerce. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Get your 2022 Prayer Guide and make this the year of prayer. Available now. At
4: Hello Americans, I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Everyone's goals for advancing their education look different. At Liberty University, we've helped thousands of students like you earn their dream degree. So no matter what your goal is, we can help you get there. With over 450 degrees from the associate to the doctoral level to choose from, most of which are 100% online, you'll find what you need to succeed. To discover which degree might be the best fit for you, text Degree to 49595. That's Degree to 49595. There's been a lot of debate about Whoopi Goldberg. She's in the middle of a national firestorm over comments she made that were at the very least incredibly insensitive, at the very worst, anti-Semitic. Miss Goldberg has been suspended, but many critics on the left say she should be fired. So what's the proper response to this craziness? Should we surrender Miss Goldberg to the cancel culture mob? Now, my first inclination is to say no, we should not. What she said was terrible. She was right to apologize, but it should not be career-ending. However, these are not ordinary times. We live in a nation that's governed by the cancel culture mob. Careers and lives have been destroyed by a slip of the tongue, or in some cases, a simple tweet. Just ask Roseanne Barr, fired by ABC for posting a racist tweet. The left should work together with the rest of us to banish the cancel culture mob, but until that happens, whoopies should face the same fate as the rest of us. Good luck on the unemployment line. I'm Todd Stearns. Sandy Rios in the morning
0: on American Family Radio.
4: West Australian
1: parents who are unvaccinated will be banned from seeing their own sick children in the state's hospitals. Under the new strict laws drawn up by Premier Mark McGowan, the tough new rules will come into play from January 31. Only those with exemptions from the vaccine or under compassionate grounds including end of life visits will be allowed to step inside the hospitals which includes visiting
4: their own kids. What we have known for some time is that from January 31, the measures will be ramped up even more. We also know that the one thing the Premiers and the Prime Minister for that matter have been united on is the need to get vaccinated. So it becomes the ultimate test, doesn't it? If you're unvaccinated and you're going to what's deemed a high risk area i.e. a hospital or an aged care facility, the ability to go and see your loved one if you're unvaccinated may well be taken away from you and could that be the trigger to make you change your mind and i guess that's the force at play here it's a tough decision isn't it what would a parent do confronted by that would it make you change your philosophy maybe it would and maybe that's what the government are banking on
1: yeah and do you have to have um susie do you have to have a booster
2: to make you fully vaccinated in this case I think at this point they're just wanting people to get the double dose and they'll deal with boosters a bit further down the track. But, you know, I'm all for this. I mean, this is not about the rights of parents. This is about the rights of the sick kids and the rights of the elderly to stay as safe as possible at a time where we know we're dealing with a very virulent strain of the disease. And if you are unvaccinated without a good reason, without a, a valid exemption, then you are going to find your movements curtailed. We went through this in Victoria months ago where even 12-year-olds couldn't attend their own primary school graduations until the rules were um, were relaxed. So mm. I think this is what the government needs to do at this point to really shock and challenge people into, as Basil saying, change their philosophy, change their action and get vaccinated. That was Australian 7
1: Network, and that's a little different than Sky News in Australia. And you can hear, I mean, the horrible uh, decision now to crack down even further and to not let unvaccinated parents visit their children in the hospital. Uh, except uh, there, are even some exceptions. I think they mentioned uh, uh, end of life. It's just it's horrific what they're doing. Uh, the reason I was laughing is because I was remembering that uh, Australian Seven Network did an interview with me a number of years ago. <laughs> I don't even remember the topic. It was probably it was probably something to do with the LGBT community because that's what I seem to be the go to person for and transgenderism. <clears throat> and I remember giving that they were just absolutely appalled at what I was saying. I mean, shocked. I'm shocked. I'm telling you, they were so hostile and uh um anyway that's the way it goes but sky that just shows you the contrast and the bravery and the boldness of sky news reporting what they did which is what you heard in the uh the last clip of the first segment all right so last night uh, a pastor friend of mine sent this to me and i had, he said have you seen this and i have not i had not seen this and so i i want to share it with you we will post it on our getter account. Remember, it's uh, we've, we're on G-E-T-T-R. That's where we're posting things now on the show every day. And uh, you can always contact me at sandy at AFR.net, sandy at AFR.net. That's where you can make your comments, okay? All right, are you ready? This is written by Megan Basham in the Daily Wire, and the title is, How the Federal Government Used Evangelical Leaders to Spread COVID Propaganda to Churches. If you wonder why your church is shut down, why your pastors sort of walked in lockstep, I mean, there are some exceptions, but not many. Not really, not many notable exceptions. This is probably the reason. In September, Wheaton College Dean Ed Stetzer interviewed National Institutes of Health Director Francis Collins on his podcast, Church Leadership, about why Christians who want to obey Christ's command to love their neighbors should get the COVID vaccine and avoid indulging in misinformation. Ed Stetzer, by the way, is well-known in evangelical circles. He was actually interim pastor at Moody Church for a long time. He is the executive director of the Billy Graham Center. These are all places very close to me and close to my heart uh, in my past. Not Ed Stetzer. (laughs) He's not close to my heart. Hasn't been for a long time. Um, But the Billy Graham Center is right there in Wheaton where I raised my kids. It's on the campus of Wheaton College. Very, very influential, as you can imagine. I actually sang at their dedication 100 years ago. Uh, But uh, he was editor-in-chief of the Outreach Media Group. He previously was editor at Christianity Today, which was kind of the— Christianity Today was the first—excuse me. uh, It was a publication that was like the Newsweek of Christian news, uh, very highly respected up until I'm saying, like, I'm going to just throw out like 20 years ago when they really started moving to the left. But still people uh, hold them up in esteem. And so he was an editor previously there, executive director of Lifeway. That is the big Southern Baptist outlet. It's one of the largest religious publishers in the world. And he's written a dozen books. So he's very influential. Ed Stetzer is everywhere. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning of this. Uh, uh, The writer, um, Megan, goes on to say, if you haven't heard of Ed, your pastor has which is why, when Stetzer joined a line of renowned pastors and ministry leaders lending their platforms to Obama appointee Collins, the collaboration is noteworthy. During their discussions, Collins and Stetzer were hardly shy about the fact that they were asking ministers to act as the administration's go-between with their congregants. I want to exhort pastors once again to try to use your credibility with your flock to put forward the public health measures that we know can work, Francis Collins said. By the way, Francis Collins is the head of the National Institutes for Health. He's the swarmy character. You've seen That's my view. That's how I feel about him. Uh, Oh, shucks. You know, he's like, oh, well, you know, everybody knows. uh, And he was uh, Dr. Fauci's boss. Dr Collins is the one that I've mentioned many times was uh, God made his uh, his fame in Christian uh, circles uh, in uh, mapping the genome the human gene- genome and that was I think during the Bush years he was like a household name and we did think that he was a strong believer he was presented to us as that I'm going to get into why that's really my maybe why well, I don't know if you know if you judge a person by their fruits you might wonder so let let me go on So, um, Collins goes on to say, um, all right, so I don't know if I finished this sentence and I want to. This is Collins speaking. I want to exhort pastors once again to try to use your credibility with your flock to put forward the public health measures that we know can work. Stetzer replied that he sometimes hears that ministers don't feel comfortable preaching about COVID vaccines, and he advises them in those cases to simply promote the jab through social media. I just tell them, when you get vaccinated, post a picture and say, so thankful I was able to get vaccinated. And people need to see that as the reasonable view, said Stetzer. The conversation also then turned to the subject of masking children at school, with Collins noting that Christians in particular have been resistant to it. His view was firm. Kids should be masked if they want to be in a classroom. To do anything else is to turn schools into super spreaders. Stetzer offered no pushback or follow-up questions based on views from other medical experts. He simply agreed. The most crucial question Stetzer never asked Collins, however, was why convincing church members to get vaccinated or disseminating certain administration talking points should be the business of pastors at all. Stetzer's efforts to help further the NIH's—that's the National Institutes for Health—preferred coronavirus narratives went beyond simply giving Collins— a softball venue to rally pastors to his cause. He ended the podcast by announcing that the Billy Graham Center would be formally partnering with the Biden administration. Together with the NIH and the CDC, it would launch a website, coronavirusandthechurch.com, to provide clergy COVID resources they could convey to their congregations. Much earlier in the pandemic, as editor of the Evangelicalism's flagship publication, Christianity Today, Stetzer had also penned essays parroting Collins' arguments on conspiracy theories. Among those, he lambasted other believers for entertaining the hypothesis that coronavirus had leaked from a Wuhan lab. That's a conspiracy theory, says Ed Stetzer. In a now-deleted essay... Stetzer chided, if you want to believe that some secret lab created this as a biological weapon, and now everyone is covering that up, I can't stop you. So um, then it goes on to say that um, two days before Stetzer published that particular essay, Collins participated in a live stream event co-hosted by Christianity Today. The outlet introduced him as a follower of Jesus, who affirms the sanctity of human life, Despite the fact that Collins is on record stating he does not definitively believe, as most pro-lifers do, that life begins at conception. And his tenure at the National Institutes for Health has been marked by extreme anti-life, pro-LGBT policies. And I'm going to skip ahead just for a second. I'm going to go to this next part because um, because it go, uh, if I don't get to anything else, I want to mention this. Okay, so... Here's an expose on Collins, and this is stuff that I honestly did not know. I know some of it, but not all of it, and I want you to hear this because he's presented by Christianity Today and Ed Stetzer, and you'll hear more names. I'm going to get back to that. All of the others that were pulled into this, that pulled Collins in and preached that it was unchristian, not to get vaccinated, unchristian, not to wear masks, if you loved your neighbor, all of that stuff that they used before on, I remember this well, on the immigration issue, why we should have open borders. They quoted, um, you know, I was naked and you, you, know, you, didn't clo- you, didn't, you didn't clothe me. I was hungry and you didn't give me food. A whole series of pastors did this uh, commercial uh, using that, twisting that scripture uh, to comport with the open borders narrative. It's just, it's shocking, the inroads the left has made in evangelicalism. But let me go back to Francis Collins and uh, his background. Other than his proclamation that he, Francis Collins himself, is a believer, the NIH director espouses nearly no public positions that would mark him out as any different from an extreme left-wing bureaucrat. He has not only defended experimentation on fetuses obtained by abortion, he has also directed record-level spending toward it. Among the priorities the NIH has funded under Collins— a university, and this is one I told you about. I was shocked. I'm just sickened. I saw pictures. A University of Pittsburgh experiment that involved grafting infant scalps onto lab rats, as well as projects that relied on the harvested organs of aborted full-term babies. Some doctors have even charged Collins with giving money to research that required extracting kidneys, ureters, and bladders from living infants, He further has endorsed unrestricted funding of embryonic stem cell research personally attending President Obama's signing of an executive order to reverse a previous ban, and that ban took place under the Trump administration, Uh, and uh, Collins grumbled about it. He said, we had no choice but to stand down. That was unrestricted funding of embryonic stem cell research. That meant the killing of babies. That meant using uh, aborted babies uh, to do these experiments. That's what that actually means. Even when directed directly ask about how genetic testing had led to the increased killing of down syndrome babies in the womb collins deflected collins is a member of the left in good standing speaking fluently of structural racism and equity rather than equality he's put his money or rather taxpayer money where his mouth is implementing new policies that require scientists seeking NIH grants to pass diversity equity and inclusion tests in order to qualify. And keep in mind that Francis Collins holds the purse strings on hundreds of millions of dollars. He is the funder. He is the one who rules the roost in terms of scientific research. And that's why the scientific community walks in lockstep, at least publicly, because they want money for research. And Francis Collins holds the purse strings. And so does Fauci. Okay, so uh, the most holy of progressive Cows, the LGBTQ orthodoxy, Collins has been happy to genuflect. Having declared himself an ally of the gay and trans movements, he went on to say that he applauds the courage and resilience it takes for LGBTQ individuals to live openly and authentically, and is, quote, committed to listening, respecting, and supporting them as an advocate. Under his watch, the NIH launched a new initiative to specifically direct funding the sexual and gender minorities, On the ground, this has translated to awarding millions in grants to experimental transgender research on minors, like giving opposite-sex hormones to children as young as 8 and mastectomies to girls as young as 13. Another project awarded $8 million in grants, including recruiting teen boys to track their homosexual activities like condomless anal sex and an app without their parents' consent. Have I told you enough about Francis Collins yet? All right, I'm going to go back. So now we know that Ed Stetzer gave him a huge platform. Christianity Today gave him a huge platform. The Billy Graham Center has cooperated with that. And now I should say, I need to explain this, that Franklin Graham withdrew his um, affiliation with the Billy Graham Center some time ago when it started to move left. And so uh, they're not officially connected anymore, but they used to be. It used to be the, the go-to place uh, for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. It isn't anymore. So, uh, but now who else was involved in this? Let me just say that uh, in a Time magazine article, the the this was referenced. This is February 2021. While Fauci has been medicine's public face, Doug uh, Francis Collins has been hitting the faith based circuit and preaching science to believers. That's from Time magazine. Okay, so who else participated in this? Let's see. The Gospel Coalition publication largely written for and by pastors, didn't probe beyond the facts that Collins offered. As with CT, one article by Gospel Coalition editor Joe Carter linked the reasonable hypothesis that the virus might have been human-made with wilder QAnon fantasies. So, let me say that again more clearly. Joe Carter, the editor of of Gospel Coalition, compared the whole thought that the virus might have been human-made with a QAnon fantasy. That's outrageous. It then lectured readers that spreading such ideas would damage the church's witness in the world. So if you believed that it's possible that in the Wuhan lab they experimented with these viruses and made them more virulent and contagious than you, ladies and gentlemen, are uh, like a QAnon conspirator. That is just outrageous, and that's what Christian leaders have done. I'm not done. It was uh, also the ERLC, uh, Russell Moore. In fact, I I take a pause here and come back and give you more of this because I think you need to hear it. We'll put this article on our Getter page, so I hope you'll look for it. Sandy Rios, in the morning on AFR Talk.
4: Your child's primary love language is physical touch or words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, or acts of service. On the next Focus on the Family, Dr. Gary Chapman helps you better understand how to keep your son or daughter's love tank filled to strengthen your relationship with your children. Next time on Focus on the
0: Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock central on American Family Radio.
4: Martin Luther King dreamed that his four children would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. The great civil rights leader would be shocked at America today. Individual actions are ignored, and a person is deemed good or bad by the color of their skin. Shame on us. Communism, masked as critical race theory, teaches us to judge and hate people because of their God-given race. It's time we listen to Dr. King. I'm Pastor
2: John Miller. Visit me at churchontherock.org. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The American Republic was founded on the principle that rights are given to us by God, not men. As a result, men nor government can take them away. That's why our Declaration of Independence refers to our rights as inalienable rights. Government's role, then, is to protect the rights that God has given to us. The first freedom listed in the Bill of Rights, which government is entrusted to protect, is religious liberty. The founders did this because they knew that free exercise of religion is the fulcrum for all liberty. Wherever the flame of religious liberty is extinguished, all liberty is imperiled. Listen each weekday
3: from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public
4: policy analyst for the American Family Association. The Raising Godly Boys Minute with Mark Hancock. You've probably never flown an airplane before, but your son might have. Well, not a real one, but maybe on a video game flight simulator. When flying, a pilot must rely on his instrument panel to provide him accurate information. Without this information, the pilot puts himself and his passengers at risk, especially when flying through turbulence and bad weather. Parenting your son on a successful journey also requires you to rely on important information. This information is found in the Bible. It's there that God provides wisdom about how your son can develop a solid foundation for life, even during the turbulence of his teen years. By studying God's Word with your son, you'll both soar high. To help you along the way, visit Trail life USA or RaisingGodlyBoys.com. Dig deeper with free resources at RaisingGodlyBoys.com. RaisingGodlyBoys.com.
3: This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The weather is awful in much of the country at the moment. In Texas, it is also an ominous reminder of a perfect storm that took down that state's electric grid a year ago, costing many lives and over $100 billion in other damage. Hopefully such a disaster is not in the offing now, but there could be a repetition. Despite Governor Greg Abbott's repeated assurances that the vulnerabilities that gave rise to last year's crisis have been fixed, thanks to state legislation enacted in the intervening period, his grid's serious shortcomings persist. Whatever happens with the present megastorm, Governor Abbott needs to call a special session of the state legislature and task it with actually assuring the Texas grid's resiliency, both to protect his own constituents and to serve as a model for the rest of our country. This is Frank Gaffney.
0: Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at afr.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio.
1: All right, Sandy Rios, back with you. I am going to continue with this article in just a second. It's how the federal government used evangelical leaders to spread COVID propaganda to churches. It's just shocking to me, and there's more to be said, and I'm going to get back to it in just a second. It's in the Daily Wire, by the way, and we will post it on our Getter account. That's G-E-T-T-R. But I want to just insert quickly... A couple of the email that I've gotten from you this week, uh, we talked a little bit. We had a call last week about uh, someone that was worried about, I can't remember the exact circumstances, but they were worried about giving birth in the hospital because they'd had some bad experiences with the hospital regarding COVID. And uh, I was talking about midwives uh, just off the top of my head. And so a couple of people wrote me and said that, um, Akani says, My daughter just gave birth to her third daughter in November at the home with an amazing midwife. And she lives in Northern Virginia. She said the third was her best experience and flawless. She said midwives midwives are alive and well. And then a pastor in Tennessee, Chad, uh, sent me this link. He said there's there's the largest school of midwifery midwifery in the country is found at um, thefarmmidwives.org. Thefarmmidwives.org thefarmmidwives.org. We'll put that link on our Facebook. Uh, no, we'll put it on our, our getter page. And then the last but not least in terms of your email, uh, this is from um, this is from Robin. Robin is upset with me. She is a nurse, registered nurse who works in a small community hospital. She said she's, she's enjoyed the show for a long time, but she's very upset. She says, we have treated many patients with COVID and most with successful outcomes. We do not kill patients. Many of those who did not live... Through it, waited too long to come to the hospital thinking they could treat themselves at home. Until you have actually been in our shoes and seen how sick these patients are, how much work and effort we put into saving every single one, please do not assume you know what really goes on. Obviously, you have no idea about ventilators. Try watching patients struggling for air with no relief from the BiPAP or high flow. You would then see that a ventilator is helpful, and it certainly does not mean death. Most of our patients were able to come off the vent and eventually go home, We also had good outcomes for those who came in early. Patients were able to come off the vent and eventually go home. Oh, sorry, I conflated two sentences. We also had good outcomes for those who uh, came in early, regardless of color, size, age, or medical condition. Recovery depends on treatment, length of illness, before hospitalization, available staff, Uh, and having family. Able to visit. There is so much more than than the money. You have no idea what it costs to keep a patient for months. We had to pay extra for staff, nurses, respiratory lab, etc. Yes, the government paid extra for every COVID admission, but it also costs a lot. We are not in the healthcare profession to make money, as you said this morning. We are here to take care of people who are not able to care for themselves. Granted, the government has prevented us from going, giving everything needed because of their restrictions. Well, guess what? Hospitals cannot stay open without uh, CMS funding. That's uh, uh, Medicare Medicaid. And yes, private insurance companies follow CMS guidelines. Try staying home next time you or your family gets sick. You need to stop putting down health care when we are the ones putting our lives on the line every day for you. And by the way, we do give ivermectin now that the government does not have total control. And um, anyway, all right, Robin, let me respond to this quickly because I do want to get back to this article uh, I have no doubt, uh, and I'm glad you wrote me, I have no doubt that there are people like you, nurses, doctors too, in the trenches who have every best intention that still love people and you're in that profession because you do, and you do want to save their lives. And if I made it sound like every single person, uh, has their hearts have grown cold in the medical profession, it was a broad sweep and it certainly didn't include every every person. So I, I can understand, I, but I would point this out to you. Uh, you're a community hospital and I'm guessing... Uh, that you are in a kind of a different position. Community hospitals are closer to people. They're more part of the community, more vested, less likely. They're not like big corporate hospitals, which is the one of the biggest problems we have. Uh, that hospital hospitals have become run by corporations who do care about the bottom line. That really is all they care about. We broke down those figures for you a week ago, Monday, and the sh- uh, a week ago Friday. Uh, by the way, if if people have not listened to that show, it's last Friday where we did break down the numbers of the enormous amounts of money that hospitals are making uh, giving these treatments, including remdesivir. And the fact that you're giving ivermectin shows me that you have a little bit of independence. You're not in the same category as the other hospitals we've been talking about. So... I, and you also have made the point. You said we can't we can't do everything because the government has prevented us because we can't stay open without their funding. That makes the point, doesn't it, Robin, kind of? doesn't incriminate you, but it does incriminate the government and does incriminate the powers that be who decide to take that money and not give the treatment that they should be giving. So I can't respond to every single uh, 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 challenge you've given here, but I do respect your work. I do respect what you're doing. Don't think that I don't. And forgive me if I have painted too broad a brush and not given credit to people, nurses and doctors who are just fighting with every breath that they have to save people. And um, one last thing, though, I would caution you. Uh, Your response reminds me a great deal of uh, through the years I've fought uh, what's happening in public schools. It's not new what they're doing. They're just more blatant about it. Uh, It's not new that they've been trying to take children from their parents and uh, do horrible things and teach them horrible things. And I've been talking about that for 20 years, at least. And the response I've gotten from parents, for the most part, and teachers too, is that, not in our, oh, not our school. No, our school's different. No, 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 that's no, we know, we live at this, we have a good school, we are, it's not like that. And it wasn't true. They didn't even recognize or didn't want to recognize. There was a bit of denial. And I sort of sensed that in your email, Robin, because um, because what I'm sharing with you are factual. I just got an article this morning from the Epoch Times about how attorneys are reporting a spike in calls for help from families of patients hospitalized with COVID. I have no time to read all of that. Actually, we should put that on our getter account too, but it's about uh, all the horrible situations that hospitals are putting people in and uh, they are allowing people to die and they're causing people to die in many cases with remdesivir. I think you're in denial, but I think you're also probably a great nurse. And uh, so that's all. That's my challenge back to you. All right. I'm going to go back to this article So we were talking about how Ed Stetzer, uh, who uh, has such influence in the evangelical leadership world and uh, to pastors, invited Francis Collins on a podcast and invited him to the Billy Graham Center and Christianity Today jumped on board and they've shamed pastors and anyone who thought that perhaps this virus, uh, Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci are responsible for funding the Wuhan lab. Against uh, the law, really, 2014, it was out. I don't know if it's outlawed. At least there's a regulation that said that we could not do that here anymore, a fund research where they would mess with viruses and make them more virulent and harmful to human beings. And yet they did that. They spent lots of money in that Wuhan lab doing that. We know that for sure. Uh, and uh, they have been on a campaign, and you probably may or may not know, that they we now have their email back and forth where they wanted to destroy uh, doctors who were exposing the fact that no, this virus doesn't look like man-made virus. It looks like it doesn't look like a natural, naturally caused virus. It looks like something something man-made. It's very virulent. But uh, Francis Collins and Dr. Fauci were trying to shut everybody up. They went on a campaign to do that. So they came to the evangelical leaders, who were happy to help them. Happy to help them. If you believe that, you know, uh, this is uh, not, you know, uh, something that came from nature but was messed with by humans, it's a QAnon theory. How dare you? That's what Christianity Today said. So um, so this is where we are. But it continues. It goes on. The Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, led by Russell Moore at the time, hosted Collins on a webinar. And uh, they centered on mostly the importance of pastors convincing church members <clears throat> to get vaccinated. And the discussion also moved on to the topic of masks. With more nodding along, Collins held up a basic over-the-counter cloth square. This is not a political statement. I can just see his face. His head wags when he talks. This is not a political statement. He asserts. This is not an invasion of your personal freedom. This is a life-saving medical device. Yeah, uh, but uh, we know better than that now. We know better than that. Not only the uh, the Johns Hopkins study that just came out, but there are so many others that have been saying. A doctor, uh, uh, oh, a senator from Kentucky, uh, he's talked about this a lot, Rand Paul, uh, but a hematologist oncologist Vinay Prasad wrote in the City Journal just this month that the only published cluster randomized trial of community cloth masking during COVID-19, did you get all that? The only one that really studied this found that cloth masks were no better than no masks at all. All right, so, and uh, the list of pastors who were willing to take a bureaucrat's word that matters that could have been left to Christian liberty were instead tests of one's love for Jesus goes on. So, if you love Jesus, I heard, uh, I had friends tell me that on the campus of Liberty. uh, I don't know, I'm not saying teachers said this, but students were saying this. They were shaming other students for not getting the vaccine and not uh, wearing masks. If you really love Jesus, if you want to really a witness for him, if you want to do your christian duty, you will get you will mask up and you will get the shot. That was kind of the word on the street among Christian students at liberty. Some of them, I think many of them actually. a former mega church pastor Tim kellers Kim Tim keller join uh join interview with Collins included a, di- a digression where the pair agreed that churches like John MacArthur's, which continued to meet in person despite covid lockdowns, represented the bad and ugly of good, bad, and ugly Christian responses to the virus. Uh, During Saddleback, Pastor Rick Warren's special broadcast with Collins, boy, he did make the rounds, didn't he? He made the rounds, and they all bowed in obeisance. Pastor Rick Warren, special broadcast with Collins, on behalf of Health and Human Services, he mentioned that he and Collins first met when both were speakers for the billionaires and heads of state who gather annually at Davos, Switzerland, for the World economic forum. Could I just interject? That's not good. Rick Warren has no business there, but he was there because he's become very important, you see. And um, they reconnected recently, Warren revealed, at an off-the-record meeting between Collins and key faith leaders. Man, I wonder who those people were. We don't know. They could. There may be more than on this list. Uh, The best-selling author of The Purpose-Driven Life declared, before going on to specifically argue that religious leaders have an obligation to convince religious people to accept the government's narratives about COVID. Let me just say a word to the priests and pastors and rabbis and other faith leaders, Rick Warren said. This is our job, to deal with these conspiracy issues and things like that. One of the responsibilities of faith leaders is to tell people to trust the science. They're not going to put on a vaccine that's going to hurt people, said Rick Warren the author of The Purpose-Driven Life, which means that people read, trusted Christian leader. And then it goes on to talk about how, uh, so MacArthur's church, of course, was in the news for resisting California Governor Gavin Newsom's orders to keep houses of worship closed. Collins participated in an interview with celebrated theologian N.T. Wright. And he is celebrated. You probably don't know his name unless you're a pastor, but he's written a lot of stuff. Uh, that uh, my uh, my son has often mentioned him to me as great respect for him and so he joined right in agreeing and doing his own uh, doing his own damage uh, shaming pastors uh, that did not encourage their congregants to get vaccinated and wear masks and social distance and shut their doors uh, that they weren't Christians if they didn't do that even the hipster Christian publication Relevant uh, just carried the water and uh, let's see there are other places let's see so I uh, remember this writer, Megan Basham, was with um, World Magazine. She just left World Magazine to join the Daily Wire. When I was reading the article, I thought this person that's writing this has a lot of insight into the Christian world. You know, uh, this is the Daily Wire r- run by uh, you know an Orthodox Jew, and and yet they've hired Megan Basham, who obviously understands and has a history. Uh, and understands the evangelical world and its leaders. So she wrote a powerful piece that I'm sure is going to light the fires in some places. Um, So she ends her, uh, her piece with this. While these evangelical leaders were warning about conspiracy theories, Collins was waging a misinformation campaign himself, one these Christian megaphones helped further. There's an instructive moment at the end of Warren's interview with Collins. The pastor misquotes Proverbs 4, saying, quote, Get the facts at any price, end quote. That, of course, is not what the verse says. It says, Get wisdom at any price. And it was wisdom that was severely lacking when so many pastors and ministry heads recklessly turned over their platforms, influence, and credibility to a government official who had done little to demonstrate he deserved them. It's a powerful, powerful article. I would urge you to share this with your friends, share this with your, with your pastor, not with the scolding. But they just need to know, and they need to stop doing what they're doing. They need to have insight into this. I've So many fell into lockstep. I was so disappointed to see churches caving and shutting and closing for months and uh, not understanding, as John MacArthur did, that the state does not tell the church what to do. The church answers to God, and God only. And uh, this is when the separation of church and state is very, very important, and it just hasn't happened in this instance. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
3: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast